Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. All right, here is today's episode. This is a USMLE Step 1 postmortem with our own Dr. Greg Rodden, host of the Physiology by Physio podcast, and Zach Griffin, the producer for that show. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Inside the Boards podcast. My name is Greg Rodden, and I'll be your host for this episode. And with this episode, I have a very special guest that I have the pleasure to chat with. Uh, His name is Zach Griffin, and he is a third-year medical student who just finished taking his boards. So on this episode, we are going to do kind of like a post-mortem of his approach towards um, board study and his classes and I don't know, what else are we going to do, Zach? <laughs> Whatever we want to talk about. All right, cool. So uh, so jumping right out the gate, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name is Zach Griffin. I'm a third-year medical student at Oklahoma State University College of Osteopathic Medicine. I was uh, raised in a small town in Oklahoma and uh, then went to the University of Oklahoma for my undergrad. I actually worked for a couple of years in between undergrad and medical school and before I started here and just finished up my first two years halfway done with medical school and on to rotations now, which has already been so much better than the first two years of medical school. And I'm very much looking forward to how the rest of it goes. Awesome. I think uh, I think just about everybody has that same feeling uh, once they see the bright sun shining day uh, outside of their study room of choice. So, yeah. So you mentioned that you did uh, a couple of years off in between um, undergrad and starting med school. So what uh, what did you do and how do you think it contributed to who you are today? Once I finished up uh, undergrad, I actually I was trying to get into medical school, but did not succeed in that initially. And so I actually took a couple years and worked um, just trying to get some more experience specifically in the medical field. And so I ended up getting a job uh, at an urgent care facility. Uh, originally, I was just working as a receptionist, answering the phones, uh, taking payments, scheduling patients, verifying insurance, that kind of stuff. Uh, eventually, was able to train as a medical assistant at the facility and then got to participate a lot more in patient care. Um, So it was an awesome hands-on experience where I got to learn about all sorts of different diseases, learned about so many different medications, and just uh, a good way to approach patient care, just learning all sorts of different things about patient interaction and stuff like that. And so it was stuff that I found very valuable, especially even in just the first two years of medical school, um, just kind of some of that knowledge that it gave me coming into it. And also, uh, now that I'm in third year and actually doing real patient care again, um, a lot of those skills are coming back to me. Um, it's just real helping me to realize just how valuable that time was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's basically what everyone says about like their years off is that almost nobody regrets doing a year or two off um, after undergrad and before starting medical school, whether it's just for the pure sake of making some money finally, or gaining experience in dealing with people and or dealing with patients or, you know, doing some volunteering work that they had always been meaning to do, but kind of never felt like they had the time to do. Yeah, I, I think think that just about everybody could benefit from a year off or maybe two or even more um, before, you know, starting this life of um, 
being a professional student uh, in medical school. So just a, just a random thought there. But yeah, so um, now you have finished your first two years uh, of medical school, started your third year. And what rotation are you doing? So I'm actually doing an elective currently. The way that our school sets up rotations is they uh, we have a lottery system to schedule all of our required rotations. But the way it worked out is I had an open slot for my very first one. So I was responsible for going out and finding something. And at this point, I still really don't know what I want to do. I'm very open looking at exploring. So I ended up getting set up in the uh, neuro ICU at a hospital here in town. Um, and so it's been an awesome experience. Gotten to see a lot of acuity people, unfortunately, in some uh, pretty rough spots, um, but it's been an awesome learning experience. Uh, have a great preceptor that's been teaching me all sorts of stuff about uh, neurocritical care. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. So um, have you, I guess, I mean, some of your experience now must have brought some, you know, vignettes or whatever that you saw in board questions to life. Do Does anything come to mind? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things, so we see a lot of stroke patients and we also see all sorts of different types of seizures, things like that. And, but one thing that I've seen a few times now is subarachnoid hemorrhage. And, you know, the classic buzzword for that is always thunderclap headache or worst headache of your life. And literally that's what a few of these patients had. That was their first symptom that they would describe um, was having the worst headache of their life and then other things following that. But I'm just like, oh, okay. So like, that's actually a real thing. It's not just something that they teach you about for the, for the boards. Right, right. Yeah, that's. That's a good feeling when you finally see that kind of thing. Uh, so I'm a pediatrics resident in uh, my first year right now, and we had a patient the other day with um, Friedrich's, Friedrich's ataxia, uh, and one of the common associations um, as a result of that mitochondrial disease, it disproportionately affects the mitochondria. It's a genetic disease. For some reason, they develop a uh, type one diabetes very frequently. And so we had this kiddo who, um, he had an acute onset DKA, um, and his past medical history was significant for Friedrich's ataxia. So it was just like some weird, you know, board association that I knew about, mm -hmm. uh, prior to starting residency. And then I actually see it. It was just wild. So yeah, yeah, totally, totally, uh, jumped off track there. Uh, <laughs> so the purpose of this, uh, of this interview was to do kind of like a postmortem on, on your, experience with the boards, um, talk about, you know, what do you think you did well? Where do you think you could have improved and all that? So, um, the, the floor is yours, my friend. Sure. I guess let's just start from the beginning. So coming into medical school, like I said, took a couple years off of school while I worked. And so coming in, I just pretty much had lost any familiarity with the classroom, with studying, anything like that. And so I was honestly so nervous, uh, coming in because I knew I had an upward climb in front of me um, that was pretty daunting. And so, but at the same time, that really helped me focus on like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, one foot in front of the other, focus on the classes I'm in right now. We're not going to worry about boards, which feels, you know, way far away at that time. And I honestly felt like I really didn't even know very much about it at all. So I was just like, let's just focus on the here and now, just trying to get through it all one step at a time. And so that's kind of the approach I took first semester. I'm um, just focused on each class as it came or as all of them came <laughs> stacked on top of each other and just focused on 
you know, going to lecture, learning what they were teaching us and figuring out how I could apply that and remember it. And then approaching second years uh, or second semester first year was where we transitioned to a lot more of our systems based courses. And so it was at that point that it took on just a whole different type of learning and a type of understanding and remembering compared to what we had been doing that first semester. And so this is where I transitioned um, and was still going to class and, you know, watching lectures, things like that, but also started using some more outside materials. This is where I picked up Sketchy, started using that for micro and for path, found that a really useful tool as I'm a very uh, audiovisual learner. And so that was something that I felt was very beneficial uh, to my learning and to my remembering. And that's pretty much how that second semester went. I found the classes a lot more interesting and a lot more applicable. Um, so I think that made it easier for me to focus and to pay attention and to really want to learn that uh, information. And then moving into second year, uh, I knew that boards were coming up in a year and I really needed to start to shift my focus kind of more long term. Like, OK, well, what, what am I going to do to remember all the stuff that we've already learned and, you know, remember all the stuff that we're currently learning and are going to learn leading up to that? And it just seemed like so much because we just learned so much information in the first two years of medical school. And we don't even end up covering everything that ends up getting tested on boards, unfortunately. And so it felt like a huge task. But uh, it was at that point that I started looking to my friends to see what they were doing, um, resources they were using. And that's whenever I first really started looking into Anki flashcards and trying to use that as a way to help with long-term recall. Because I had heard it would be really useful for that. and But I knew that I just didn't want to take the time to make my own cards and stuff like that with everything else we had going on with classes. And that's whenever on Reddit that I'd found the uh, some of the pre-made decks like Rosencephalon um, and the Zanke deck and things like that. And so looking into that, I realized that they used a lot of boards resources for that. And so I was like, oh, this sounds perfect for me. So went and downloaded the Zanke deck and started using that. Um, but the way I applied it was I would just use it in the courses that I was currently taking. And so I would go go to lecture, um, watch videos, whatever, learn it that way. And then I would unsuspend the cards related to those topics and then just use that as a way to review and retain that information, which I found very useful. But I only used them like system by system. Once I'm finished up with the system, I didn't go back and like keep reviewing the cards, kind of like what you're supposed to for better long-term retention. Um, I just kind of used it. In each, within each system. But I found it to be uh, very useful during that time as well. But then going into second semester of second year, then you're thinking, wow, boards are just six months away. Like <laughs> it's time to really buckle down and figure out a plan, maybe start to come up with some sort of schedule for what dedicated is going to look like or what I want to accomplish this semester. And so I came up with a few ideas of what I wanted to accomplish during the semester. I was at first, I was decided I was going to try to go back and review everything we had already learned, starting with like cardiovascular and respiratory and stuff. And I soon learned that that was just not sustainable with keeping up with the current classwork, at least for me, because at the same time, I was trying to learn the current material as in-depth, um, as thoroughly as I possibly could. So that way, I wouldn't have to spend a lot of time during dedicated going back and reviewing it because I started using at that point, I started using Pathoma and Boards and Beyond and stacking that up with still going to class and learning that material in that fashion. Um, so it just became a lot of material to try to get through every day and every week and stuff like that and just wasn't very sustainable. So I backed off on that and really just focused on my class lectures and things like that. I did that for most of the entire semester. There was a few other things that I did here and there throughout the semester that we can touch on a bit later. But that's pretty much how my first two years of medical school went leading up into my dedicated period.
Okay. Okay. Very good. And so kind of before we get into the dedicated period itself, was there anything that you think you did well? And was there anything that you think you could have improved upon or done differently um, during your first and second year? As far as things that I did well, I felt like focusing on what I was learning in class was useful. I know not everybody agrees with that, but I think at least to be able to be successful like in classes and stuff, that was very useful focusing on the school lectures and then supplementing to get maybe a better understanding or get clarifications in a different way using outside resources such as Sketchy, Path Elma, Boards and Beyond first aid, et cetera, whatever it is that you like to use. But I think I appreciated my approach to like the first year of medical school, like not really being boards minded and just like focusing on the here and now, because I think it can get a little exhausting, at least for me, if I'm trying to plan way too far in the future and like, oh, I got to learn this now to be able to know it two years from now um, can be really hard um, to try to keep up with that and keep that mindset going the entire time. On the flip side, though, I feel like first semester, I was a little too lax in my recall, I would say, of that kind of material. Granted, it was the very beginning, and it's just like you're just trying to survive every single day at that point. But I don't think I really grasped too much how that material actually was stuff that was going to be on boards. For me, it was like, oh, this is the basic sciences. This is like the stuff that you just have to get through to then get to the good, fun stuff, like the pathology and whatnot. And then it wasn't until, honestly, until I started going back and reviewing for Dedicated, I'm like, oh, crap, there, there is a lot of biochemistry and immunology and all this stuff that's on boards. And I pretty much had to go and start from scratch because it just been so long since I'd really paid attention to a lot of that stuff. So I think if I had just taken that a little bit more seriously learning it the first time, um, I think it wouldn't have been quite so difficult for me when it came back around to Dedicated time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And I I feel like that's a common theme that we hear is, you know, just taking each subject seriously and really trying to learn it as well as you possibly can in the moment um, tends to save you effort on the back end. So for, I guess, moving, um, moving then into your dedicated period. So what um, you mentioned, like trying to put together a schedule for what your dedicated period would be like. So what did that schedule look like? And what was your game plan? Whenever we finished up uh, the semester, I gave myself about seven weeks of dedicated study period before I would take my first exam. So I go to an osteopathic school, a DO school, and so we're required to take the Comlex. Traditionally, some students have elected to also take the USMLE. However, with the merger, the ACGME residency merger, it seems to be going to the trend of where DO students shouldn't have to take the USMLE because everything's under the same umbrella. All schools should have to accept the Comlex, things like that. However, I am graduating in a time where it's right after that merger is officially complete. It's no longer in a transition or anything like that. But it being still so early in that process, um, it just seemed wiser to me to go ahead and take both tests just to give myself the best shot at applying for residency, especially not knowing yet what it is that I want to do when it comes to residency. And so I just elected to go ahead and take both tests, even though it's not a requirement for us to do. So with that in mind, I knew, okay, I've got two tests that I'm going to have to take. So it's just that much more exhaustion and mental fatigue, you know, having to sit through two huge tests like that. And so uh, at the beginning of those uh, 
seven weeks, uh, give or take, I had done some things during the semester that I had wanted to accomplish so that I knew I wouldn't have quite as much material during dedicated to study. So actually starting the previous fall semester, I had started going through uh, Sketchy Micro and pairing that with the LOL Not A Cop Anki deck. And, you know, just like every day I would watch like one Sketchy Micro video over a bug and then I would unsuspend the cards associated with that video. And I would just keep up with that from that point on until actually until I finished my last board exam. And so that helped me to start super early on learning and really um, remembering a lot of details about micro, which I found to be vastly beneficial to me because um, micro is a pretty, pretty hot topic on both exams. And I felt like I had really good in-depth knowledge of it just because I was constantly reviewing it. And so I was done, like I didn't spend any active time ever during uh, dedicated studying micro because I'd already covered all the sketchy videos and I'd already gone through um all of those flashcards so many times. Um, and I did the same thing with uh, Sketchy Farm as well, and along with uh, some other uh, drugs as well. Um, but starting kind of early on that last semester of watching about one Sketchy Farm video every single day, and then in the, the Zanky Farm deck, unsuspending whatever cards were associated with that video at that time. And so coming into a dedicated time, I think all I had left as far as sketchy farm stuff to cover was maybe a few antibiotics and some anti-neoplastics. And so I think that was hugely beneficial and in really increasing my understanding of pharmacology when it came to the test. And as it turns out uh, on the Comlex, my two highest overall subjects were microbiology and pharmacology. So I think that's kind of goes to show how beneficial that can be starting early, but also being able to spread it out in a way um, that is very manageable. And so I am somebody that needs uh, a schedule. If I don't have like a schedule, I am so apt to be like, oh, I've studied enough for today. I feel pretty good or I'm tired. I'm going to go take a nap. And so <laughs> with that in mind, I knew I had to do something that was going to make sure that I covered all the material that I needed to cover in a timely manner. And so uh, some of my friends have been using a uh, cram fighter and uh, I was like, all right, let's check this out. There's a free trial for a week. And so I did that and it's awesome. This is not an advertisement, but I, uh, it allows you to plug in whatever boards resources you're using. Like you can say, Hey, I want to watch these boards and beyond videos, these pathoma videos, these sketchy videos. I plan on doing this many U world questions, uh, per day and all this stuff. And here's my test date. Here's how, how many days a week I want to study for how many hour hours. Like you can get it down to a T like so specific on what you want to accomplish. And then you just hit like enter and then boom, it creates this whole schedule for you for the entire study period that you want to do. And so for me, that was huge because then I could just look at each day and be like, okay, well, I have to watch these videos and I have to do this many U world questions. And it just gave me a checklist, which I think is also very satisfying as well. Cause it's not just like, oh man, I've watched like three hours of videos today, but it's like, oh, look, I've look at all these boxes that I've clicked. I only have three more. I can do this. And so it was a big motivator for me as well. So I found that to be very beneficial um, moving through dedicated just to make sure that I covered all the material in a timely manner and also would, you know, for the most part, prevent me from being lazy um, on certain days when I might've uh, otherwise uh, wanted to be lazy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, unfortunately, schedules are are just one of those necessary evils um, to to keep me going as well. So 
I, uh, I totally feel what you're saying there. Uh, okay, so what do you think were some of the most valuable resources that you used during your boards prep? Honestly, about every one of them that I've said so far, I feel like oh, we're, really? <laughs> okay. we're pretty useful. Um, as far as less useful, I really can't say because I feel like they all kind of had their niche that where it worked really well. Like Pathoma obviously is terrific for learning pathology about different things. Boards and Beyond, for me, I feel like did a good job for some of the physiology, but huge for me for biochemistry and immunology, especially going back and you know reviewing those things that were definitely weak points for me. I felt like that was really beneficial there. Sketchy, especially micro and farm. Um, some people complain that the farm videos are too long, but they honestly do a good job also of teaching a lot about the physiology, about whatever system those drugs are affecting. And so you're kind of getting a two for one learning the physiology along with the drugs. And I feel like it's so much more beneficial when you do pair it with the flashcards that just help you to recall that stuff time and time again. And so now even on clinicals, like somebody will mention a drug and that sketch pops up in my head and I'm like, oh yeah, this is that. And this is that. And it's just crazy. Um, just how relevant it still is, uh, for me today. Um, and you world is hands down like the best question bank. We had a few provided by our school that I used throughout second year, but when it came down to dedicated time, I just spent all my time on you world, which is just great for all the explanations and stuff that they have. So you mentioned that you go to an osteopathic school and you ended up taking both tests. Mm -hmm. So you said that UWorld was the best question bank overall, but what um what about some of like the osteopathic specific question banks? Do you think you got a lot of value out of those or where do you think those uh, played into your game plan? Yeah, so I used those more so during the school year, which is funny because I didn't really need some of those types of questions as I was studying for systems and stuff. Um, it was just kind of how things worked, and I knew I wanted to wait to use UWorld until I got to dedicated. Um, so I was using some like ComBank and ComQuest a bit, and I feel like you know here and there there's definitely like some good questions that made me think. I do think that the questions I got on the actual complex were more challenging osteopathic questions than what I had seen in the question banks. What I did feel like was actually useful as far as seeing some osteopathic type questions were the comsays. They just changed the blueprint for the entire complex this year, which means they also got brand new comsays. So unfortunately, with some of the comsays, there were some overlap in some of the questions. I ended up taking three of the new comsays, which are practice tests for the complex. And they had a good amount of osteopathic questions that were definitely challenging. The downside to the comsays are Whenever you complete one, all they do is just tell you like which areas you did good on, which areas you need to improve. They don't give you the option of going back question by question saying, oh, this was the correct answer. This was the wrong, you know, anything like that, as opposed to like the NBMEs, which actually you can go back through and see your corrects and incorrects. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So then I guess that kind of moves us naturally into what did you think about um, Comlex versus USMLE? How do you... How do you um, kind of evaluate them? It, like, was one harder than the other, or was one kind of more clinically focused than basic science focused? What What were your thoughts? Gotcha. So, 
from what I can tell, most of the time osteopathic students, if they're taking both tests, usually end up taking USMLE first, and then they'll wait a few days or a week or whatever and use that time to study uh, the osteopathic treatments and that kind of stuff before they take Comlex. I flipped it around because I wanted to take Comlex first because it's the bigger test. It's longer. There's 400 questions as opposed to 280. Yeah, there's less break time. It's just, to me, it seemed like more of a beast than USMLE did. And so um, so I ended up having to study all the osteopathic principles and treatments and stuff like that beforehand in going into it. The questions themselves definitely seemed bigger. Not 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 more difficult by any means, but all the vignettes were just so much longer and they gave you a lot of lab values. Some of the time didn't really seem very necessary. So it just made the whole test itself seem even that much bigger. Fortunately, throughout like my studying and through listening to this podcast and different things, I had gotten the approach of always reading the interrogatory first. And so I found that hugely beneficial, especially on the Comlex, just because the vignettes were just so huge and you could get just lost in all the information that they were giving you. And so reading the interrogatory first, there were some times where I would read the interrogatory and I was able to answer the question then without ever looking at the vignette. And so I found that really beneficial just for timing, for speed, things like that. And also just to not get so bogged down and worn out by having to read so much. I found that also beneficial for the USMLE, but overall, I felt like the questions on the USMLE were a lot shorter, a little bit more to the point. I feel like the USMLE had a little bit more difficult questions, but a lot of that I know is form specific because I've talked to other people who had other opinions about it. So I think that was just kind of my experience between the two tests. But by the time I took those few days in between, I really didn't even end up studying very much in between the two tests, because once I took Comlex, I was just like, I am so exhausted. I don't want to study anymore. So I went and reviewed just a few of the things that I felt were iffy that I didn't really know that I'd seen on Comlex before going and taking the uh, the USMLE. But yeah, by the time I got to taking the second test, I was like, I'm so done with dedicated. I'm so done with studying. I just want to be done with this. And was so grateful whenever I was finally finished with that last test. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. And um, the Comlex has like 400 questions, yes. right? So I, yes. I can imagine, uh, or I, I know that that it is exhausting uh, afterwards. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the USMLE is is also equally exhausting, um, in in my opinion, at, at 280 questions. At, at some point, it just doesn't matter anymore. And you are just clicking and hoping that that was the right answer. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, okay, so um, I guess a lot of people are uh, wondering, you know, are you happy with how you did? Are you like going to be shooting for the same score in uh, in your level twos? Um, yeah, definitely happy with my scores. At, at the beginning of this semester, I kind of finally established what I thought was reasonable and a capable goal for myself. And thankfully, on both the Comlex and the USMLE, I ended up exceeding those goals, which is just hugely gratifying. And I think just a testament to like the hard work that I put in and just the support system that I have around me, just helping me out and encouraging me. But it was definitely uh, a nerve wracking time, you know, looking at those scores for the very first time. And then uh, thankfully for me, just a very satisfying feeling um, at the completion of that, finally getting those scores. Because I got one of those scores last week and I literally just got the other one just a couple of days ago. Um, so still fresh out of finding out that information and still kind of riding that elation, thankfully. Oh my gosh. Well, congratulations, man. That is, that is fantastic. Thank that you. That is totally fantastic. Thank you. 
And uh, I'm just, I'm happy that you at least have a little bit of a break before you have to do the next round. And then, so kind of beyond, um, beyond the boards, like what, uh, what, what were you doing to keep yourself healthy and happy and, uh, and all of that during your board study? And uh, now that you're doing clinical rotations, has that changed at all? What, uh, what's been going on there? Yeah. Um, so during dedicated, it definitely, I really had to force myself to take time to do other things just because you feel like you're having to spend 10, 12 hours a day studying to get all that information. And then you're like, Oh, there's no time for other activities and things like that. But, uh, thankfully, like my wife was very encouraging, um, getting me to go and do some other stuff and we have dogs. And so, you know, we take the dogs on a walk or we'd go and work out some, and that was definitely hugely beneficial, um, for me, especially cause I studied from home during that period of time. And so I was just stuck at home, like all day long, every day, like nothing really happening in my life or a whole lot of interaction with other people. So that was something I did. Um, occasionally would play, uh, play some video games with friends just as a way to, to de-stress as well. And so I found that as a good, or the, all those things is just good outlets for me. And then it would occasionally go and do some social things with uh, friends and family as well. And thankfully, just I had people around me always encouraging me and saying like, hey, it is okay to get away. Like you need to get away from a little bit. Like you can catch up later or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. So it took me a while to come around sometimes, but I found that beneficial. Uh, for me now in uh, rotations, it's still, I mean, it's still very similar. I mean, same encouraging people around me and everything, but honestly, it's just been a huge difference for me, just like being up and around people more. I like, I, I kind of thrive off a little bit more about being around people. And so instead of being locked away in a room all day long studying, like now I'm at the hospital and interacting with people and talking with people all the time and like being up and being active and not just sitting all day long, that in of itself has just been super nice for me. Um, but at the same time, it comes with its own challenges, um, you know, spending so much time, especially with, you know, people that are in a, a bad spot, um, some really sick patients and some sad families can wear on you as well. And so it's been uh, beneficial to be able to, to come home and to be able to confide in my wife and just talk to her about, you know, some stuff that I'm struggling with or whatever. And then have those same outlets, you know, spending time with our dogs, um, exercising, cooking is something I enjoy doing as well. And being able to spend time with friends and whatever way that is, has been good for me as well since I've made this transition. Okay. Well, I mean, that is, uh, that is so great that you were able to keep up your things that you, that keep you happy, that keep you motivated and keep you going, not just during, um, your dedicated, uh, study period and, you know, the craziness that is, uh, that is board season, but also that you've been, um, you know, continuing to do that during your rotations. And, um, of course I, I would encourage you to, to continue doing that. So, any, uh, any kind of parting words that you've got for the audience, for people who are, um, you know, listening to this podcast and kind of gearing up for their own board season? Yeah. So I would just like to say that no matter where you're at in your class, whether you're, you know, the bottom quarter or, you know, the top 1% or anything like that, like it is possible to pass boards. It is possible to do well on boards, no matter how you feel like your education has gone up to this point. There's always a way to turn things around and to get better. Um, coming into medical school, I was so nervous about even like making it through. And just 
being able to find the right resources, the right support has just been huge for me um, in my education, um, being able to learn and to retain and things like that. So, you know, if you find that your uh, study strategy isn't working, like mix it up, look for other resources, uh, look for other ways to learn, uh, ask around, like ask your friends, uh, ask faculty, you know, ask people like us that have been through it before, things that work, things that don't work. You know, we are a resource for a reason. We enjoy doing things like this for a reason, because we care uh, about the education of medical students. And we want to see everybody succeed because at the end of the day, like the entire goal of all of this is for us to be able to take care of patients and do it well. And so we obviously want people to be able to to succeed in their studies, to be able to learn all that they can in order to provide that best care that they can for patients. Um, And so I just want you to know that it is possible, no matter what hardships you might have faced up to this point, just reach out to people around you and find uh, what works for you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I I think that is a great way to end it. Um, So Zach Griffin, thank you so much for coming on to the pod and um, best of luck in this upcoming year, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. All right, everyone, that is it for today. Join us next time on the Inside the Boards podcast for even more high-yield learning.